This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast myself, Ross and Joe, talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. Back to winning ways, boys. Uh, pretty pleasing to say the least after, of course, we released our latest MK1 Meets episode, which has gone down really well. It's been a good week so far, hasn't it? So um, I'm sure we're all in good moods, but I'll introduce you guys and see how you are. So, uh, Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all good, thanks, mate. Look forward to Cheltenham. Yes, yeah, certainly. Yeah, I think we all are out. We always have a gamble responsibly, but we do like to have a little gamble on the week and uh, see if we win any money. Uh, Joe, how you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks, mate. All good. Good to hear. Um, yeah, so you mentioned, obviously, we released our latest MK1's Meets episode with uh, Ted of goalkeeping at the club, Dean Thornton. A really good reaction to it, and uh, we're pleased everyone liked it. Uh, personally, for me, it's one of my favourite episodes we've recorded so far. Uh, I'm sure the gents will agree with me. Uh, lovely bloke and yeah he can tell he takes one of us that's for sure and uh, yeah I think uh, we passed on some solid advice to him as uh, the Dons picked up a 3-2 win against Ackmington Stanley at the weekend uh, overall really good performance um, and as I said the pod played its part in a sense um, of course took a quick 2-0 uh, lead uh, brilliant goals both from Cami and of course his help with Max Arnauda from the wing and then uh don't want to call it a mini collapse, but it was a couple of errors and uh, the defense, the other box uh, led them to get back to 2 2. Of course, Fraser gives the ball away and then it's about to reach Sermon. It's knees tapping for Charles. And then the second goal uh, is unfortunate. Uh, Sermon's in the wrong place at the wrong time and then puts it past Fisher. Uh, but luckily, uh, Matt O'Reilly comes steamrolling in at the back post in the 93rd minute to make it 3 2 and uh, get back to winning ways. And it's a really important win, actually, because you know, puts us, what, like 10 or 12 points clear the relegation zone now, not that we should be looking down there, but it's nice to know. And yeah, we've got some big games coming up against teams in and around the area, so we can definitely uh, have a play, have our part to play in that uh, whole relegation battle uh, towards the end of the season. So before we get into some individual topics, I'll pass it over to the gents to get their thoughts on the game. So, uh, Joe, how did you feel 
Saturday went against Accrington. Yeah, I, I was really happy. Um, well, I was really happy till about 55 minutes. Um, but I think that one thing, you know, I think up to 55 minutes or whenever um, Accrington got their first goal, I think they had one shot in the entire game. And by that point, we'd had 11 or 12. Um, I thought we had a couple of good chances. They weren't like clear cut chances, but they were just really, you know, quite good chances um, in the first half. I think that it was just really pleasing as well to see, it's just the intensity and the speed in which we moved the ball. Um, and I think that we were just looked in control. We looked comfortable. And then, yeah, great to get the goal, you know, straight straight after half time, get, uh, get the goal. And, you know, what a ball, what a finish. Um, you could say the same for pretty much all the goals, really. Um, and, um, and, and then, yeah, just, it was just two blips, really. I think it was, you know, I, I think Sermon was unlucky for the first because Fraser plays, a, a, yeah, it's a, a ball across our box. And on our pitch, when the ball's not exactly zipping around, it's going to be holding up a bit. So I, I think Sermon, he, he was kind of dropped in a bit for that one. And then from the corner, I think it's just, you know, he's just trying to react, trying to get it clear and inadvertently sent, you know, great finish past Fisher, I must say. Um, <laughs> shame it was at the wrong end, though. Um, but yeah, just but from then onwards, it only really looked like there'd be one team trying to win it. I think Accrington, you know, apart from those two, that like 10 minute spell, they didn't really offer much going forward. And I thought we were pretty dangerous throughout. And then, yeah, just O'Reilly just popping up in the right place at the right time. Um, I think one thing in recent years, you know, we, we had it, we've had it with Fraser, but we've really missed that sort of that that late um, burst from a midfielder coming into the box, you know, and giving actually giving the uh, wide players something to aim at. Um, so yeah, that was really pleasing because obviously O'Reilly did the same against uh, AFC Wimbledon. So overall, I think three two makes it look a lot closer than it actually was in my eyes. Um, but yeah, great, much much better, you know, really built on Tuesday's decent performance but today was uh, Saturday was a great performance and got three points to to back it up yeah I mean clearly more company in terms of goals you know scored to three but you could definitely say that with some of the chances we had even though they were some difficult chances to put away we could have scored more in a day and if it wasn't for their keeper uh, Savin uh, could have been a route to be honest and uh, yeah really pleased pleased performance and uh, good to get back to winning ways and uh, Ross I'm sure you agree with uh Martin Joe's thoughts on the performance in general. Before I get on to uh, my thoughts, just a quick question because my memory is so poor recently. Um, who's who's at the bottom of League One at the moment? I'm just I'm just a quick question. Uh, I believe it's a team in uh, South London, right? Oh right, okay. I just just thought I'd check. It's been a few <laughs> days since I've last uh, well, a few hours since I last uh, checked. Um, but yesterday, yeah, I, I felt it was a huge result for us. Um, it was just a case of getting back on track um, after some poor results in the past five. Um, to a man, I felt we just controlled the game. And as Joe said, the part of the four minutes or whatever it was between the two goals, um, we more than deserved the victory. And yeah, it was down to individual errors. But something which is like not concerned me as such, um, which I'm putting a positive on the negative as such, is... We're not suffering off opposition's quality. It's off our own doing. And at the end of the day, you can improve that on the training ground. And I know I keep saying this, but like teams aren't getting passes and destroying us with a quality. It's off our own doing. So that's a positive in itself. But 
yeah, I felt we deserved the third goal. Um, we created so much. Um, but obviously, some were, some people were saying about the drone chances. I felt it was a bit harsh on him, but I won't go in, into it too much. But I feel like this review should be all about Matty Sorinola. He was just, it was class. And um, I feel like you've got to give him credit for his maturity. He's carried since coming back into the lineup. But I think overall, it was three points in the bag. And let's move on to Tuesday against Plymouth. Yeah, I think it was the usual with the drone chances, weren't it? Thinking that he should be scoring from all angles when he probably scored from a difficult angle he did all day uh, in terms of his shots. So, yeah, it's how it is sometimes. And uh not to put them all away. Of course, he had two. And uh, I'm sure he was good not to get his hat trick, but it'll only leave him hungrier for more. Um, we can start him out if you want, Ross. Um, I know we were, all, we were all pretty vocal about him a few pods ago, and of course, we were pretty vocal. Well, Joe in particular is pretty vocal about him on the, uh, the Dean Thornton podcast. So uh, I'll pass it over to him. Obviously, terrific performance from Matty on the day, a hat trick of assists, and uh, of course, got himself in the League One team of the week. Um, so I'm sure that kind of reflects the points pretty well, right, Joe? Yeah, I think with Matty, we've we have been a little bit tough on him, but I think that the reason is because we know that there is something there and we've consistently said that he's the best defensive fullback we've got without question. And so often he's found himself in just some amazing positions and so often you're just you're screaming for him to put the, just stick the ball in early. And what I've seen, what, I, what we saw on, on Saturday was him doing exactly that and he gets his first three assists of the season all in one go. You know, before before that game in the league, his only goal contributions was a deflected shot against AFC Wimbledon, which came after he took a risk. And and I think that's all we wanted from him. And you know, if 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 he didn't have the sort of, you can tell he's got quality. And I think that was maybe the frustrating thing because we maybe we just haven't seen enough of this. And we, you know, it's it's so great to see, um, you know, young lad uh, who's is sort of really. He, his breakthrough season and now he's really starting to hopefully uh, guarantee that spot because there's been times this season where you know through whether it's off the field stuff or on the field you know him and Harvey were sort of wrestling for that position and then Jules came in so he's not really been able to nail down that 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 spot and I think if he keeps up that level of performance I think uh, I don't think Harvey or Jules are going to be able to you know have much of a a complaint if he keeps if he if he carries on with that attacking output, which which we just haven't really seen before. Yeah, we need someone to now down left wing back spot. Definitely, it's just been a whole mix of players recently, and it's we finally seen a bit of consistency. Um, hopefully, with Matty, obviously three assists is a bit much to expect every single game, but yeah, if he can now down that spot, um, that'd be excellent. And yeah, you talk a couple about of t- other chances he created as well, though. So it wasn't just. You know the only three crosses he put in that created um, created the goals. He, he put he put in some other dangerous balls, and it was it was just taking that risk because so often we see the ball go back to Fraser or Lewington, and it was just good to see that almost, the shackles were almost off, which I just don't think we've seen from Matty really this season. Yeah, there's no point in being conservative in this style of play. Like we we play the most expansive football in the league, you could say pretty comfortably. So the whole idea of trying to be conservative doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I was glad to see that he took some risks and, of course, it paid off and uh, I'm sure it'll pay off if he continues to uh, do that in the future. 
Um, maybe on a, on the topic of cons- well being conservative, um, a lot of people were a bit concerned to see the box midfield back again. Obviously, we spoke a lot about it in the last episode in regards to the four centre mids who, of course, all left footed, being in a well a box formation that's passing around each other. But we saw um, yesterday how the box midfield really didn't limit our creativity at all. We probably saw uh, well a boatload of chances that we haven't really seen for a long time in terms of. Uh, just take sometimes taking them and sometimes keep saving them and um yeah it kind of put a lot of um doubts and people's minds to bed didn't it ross in terms of how the box worked and proves that we can find ways to score goals through multiple ways and it's not just a pivot oh, definitely and i was i was uh judging it too quick after blackpool and i said well we weren't creating enough and i feel like it was it was probably just a bit too soon to judge them and they needed time to adapt and know their positions as such. But I felt like Josh McEachran, he was the reason why we succeeded in uh, yesterday's game. He had that bite and he had a bit of composure. And he was a bit a bit like Andrew Sermon. He was just controlling the game and uh, kept the pace um, at, at a nice speed and kept moving us forward. And I, don't, I d- didn't feel like he got enough credit in yesterday's performance. Yeah, you make a really good point, actually. McKechnie was my man of the match on the day, actually. I thought he was uh, terrific. Of course, Matty got all the plaudits with the assists, but the way McKechnie managed that game and at times, you know, really kept the midfield going when Sermon was, you know, not making mistakes, but sort of caught in the crossfire in terms of some goals that went in the, in the back of our net. Um, but yeah, let's, for McEachern, um obviously we like our stats over here. Um, 91.3% pass completion on the day in the 66 minutes he did play. Um, won 67% of his ground duels. Um, and I think every long ball he did, five of them hit a damn kid on his player. So yeah, he was, I think he was, I think my man of the match, he did everything he wanted in that midfield, Joe. And uh, if he can keep up that form, he's going to have a tough time well, getting out of the squad, and I'm sure 90 minutes for him will be coming very soon. Yeah, I think uh, Ross said it perfectly. I think in the, I think if it stays two nil, perhaps for the rest of the game, I think probably McEachern does end up being man of the match because I thought him and Sermon, it was almost they were almost like a metronome, just ticking us over, recycling possession. Always one thing for McEachern was he was always available for the defence to pass out to. So, you know, there w- there wasn't many. Despite maybe some some commentary, it, there wasn't that many scary moments. I thought, um, and I thought that I thought that it's um, one thing with a box midfield, which I quite like, is you know when you've got someone like Cami up front, if they if they've got you know two centre backs, they've probably got both centre backs thinking about him. But then what we saw for the third goal was you've got your late midfield runners, which then you know they burst into the box in O'Reilly and Fraser, and I think that that. You know, having that box, it allows the security of both Fraser and Roe Riley really bombing forward because you've then got uh, McEachran and Sermon who, who are both holding there. So I, I think it actually makes us a bit more secure defensively. Um, and we've seen, you know, we've seen it with Accrington and Blackpool. Well, they, we conceded three goals in both those games and every single one of them was, as Ross said, it was of our own doing. It was nothing to do with being carved open, caught on the counter-attack. It was just being, you know, giving away possession cheaply twice and then putting through our own net once. It's um, So I think, you know, and I can't really think in the Atkinson or Blackpool game of any other chances that either of those teams have made. And let's get it right. These aren't two, you know, teams at the bottom, near the bottom of the league. This is 
Blackpool, who are probably Blackpool and Accrington are both pushing for a playoff place, and I think Blackpool will will definitely be up there. And so, so I think, um, yeah, I think this the box has made us more solid. We didn't necessarily create as much as we would have liked to on Tuesday, but I think that's just down to Blackpool, how good Blackpool were. But I think we've got the balance really, really, um, really correct on Saturday, and we saw a lot more. You know, maybe taking an extra chance and an extra, um, you know, an, an extra bit of risk, and I think it. That, I think you can afford to do that when you've got that box midfield and you've got those two players slightly deeper. Yeah, and uh, maybe you got something there about the defence not getting enough credit as they deserve in some senses. I know the the Wigan game. Uh, well, I mean that was an off game, wasn't it? And there was a lot of criticism from a lot of people, including us, uh, from everyone, not not just the defence, everyone. But the two games since have been really impressive, aside from the one or two errors. Uh, and yeah, I said they nullified them completely, and Blackpool especially. They were one of the form teams of the league we played, and they still are. Um, yeah, they had a really unlucky draw against Fleetwood on Saturday, which they really should have won based off the XG that we saw. Um, so, yeah, they're a top team. And they'll be up there. And the fact that we managed to nullify them, again, shows how this team's gone leaps and bounds uh, since the start of the season and since Russ took over. So, uh, uh, Matt O'Reilly's uh, presser with uh, Cal, he mentioned, uh, uh, and I quote, uh, primetime Cammy with the dreads. And... Uh, he was uh, obviously he wasn't with the Dreads on Saturday, but uh, had his little Afro going and he got his two goals. Uh, really good performance. I think any other day that, well, maybe Matty or Josh wasn't on the pitch, he'd be up there for man of the match for sure. Um, kind of everything you'd want in a lone striker, held the ball up well, pressed well, and of course, all the chances we created in terms of taking risks and uh, causing them actions. He got his rewards for that, Ross. And uh, if you can keep that form up, I'm, I'm sure. The likes of Will Griffin, etc., are going to have a tough time getting back into the starting eleven. Yeah, definitely. I think you nailed it on the head where you said uh, he put his chances away uh, very well. But um, something which came from my timeline, it was uh, when we actually signed him, and um, it was our fans when when we signed him and into meltdown because we signed a uh, overage uh, championship player. And he was well, I call I call him a championship player at the time as well. Yeah, and yeah, there, there were fans moaning, and now now they're cheering him on and everything. So it's funny how a uh, bit of time and a few goals. Well, I think he's got what fourteen goals now, I believe. Like sixteen or eighteen goal contributions or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's not too bad, is it? No, not at all. Uh, top goal scorer for a reason is what I say. Um, and you know, Joe, he was not moaning, but he was. Uh, Cammy was sort of said his uh, presser before the game how he wanted to have more chances and he felt you know he wasn't getting enough and uh, I think uh, after after Saturday he's nothing to complain about now is he? Oh well no and he, he, I think he's he's right because he did have chances created for him and he comes away with a brace so uh, you know I think he, he's uh, he shows that if he does get these chances he can put them away I thought that one thing with Cammy that I, I briefly mentioned is because because he's got you know he can he can pl- have it played into him and hold it up and play other people, but he's unique in that he's also got the ability to run in behind, which is actually how he um you know w- one of his chances came from a good through ball, um and then and then a really good save from the keeper and then but then he also had one where uh, Matty Sarinola chipped it over to the far post and then his header hit the side netting from a tight angle. So just there you've seen two sort of instances of how he he really can do a bit of everything. And, and I think that when you've got someone like that, 
and he's on his own, he can almost, both of the defenders can almost be like fooled into picking him up, which then means that there's, you know, there's more space for the likes of O'Reilly, Fraser, even Laird or, or Sorinola coming into the box from the wings. And it means that, you know, we, we can get these late runners into the box, which are, I think is really going to be quite key, and it, well, it was for the last goal. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think the the only thing is is j- just uh, just his legs, how they coping after that. But I don't think we've got too much to worry about because he uh, he's been pretty solid all season for us, really, and uh, we're we're lucky to have him. I think. Oh yeah, definitely, and uh, so uh, credit to the uh, the recruitment team and the coaches staff for getting him in because uh, he clearly had other offers and. Um... Yeah, we could have gone in January, of course, from what he said onto the the official EFL podcast about his opportunities in Championship on deadline day. Uh, luckily, he didn't, and luckily, he's still a Don shirt and uh, providing for us. Um, I suppose we'll add a, a little tiny a negative into all the positives. Of course, we did concede two goals in five minutes. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's been a bit of a common theme at least as conceding goals. Uh, I just wanted to. Um, delve a bit deeper into this and try and get your guys' thoughts on, do you think there's any particular reasons why these goals are conceded? Was it just flukes? I know Rossi mentioned individual errors um, from certain players. If Ross, is it just that for you? Is there anything more to it? And I suppose, is it just, is it just time on the training ground to fix these sort of things? I just wasn't at fault for any of them goals at the weekend. And anyone who says is wrong. Um, it was other people putting them in danger and with with uh, the Fraser to backwards pass to um, Sermon across the box, Darling or Fisher couldn't do anything about it because the damage was already done. Open, open man in the box and he's going to pull it away. I think it was Dion Charles in the end and he's, he's one of the most prolific people in this league. And um, as for the other goal, um, it's just as, as we've already said, it's another individual error. So I don't think it's nothing to, we, we need to be concerned about. But obviously, I feel like going forward, we, we do need to freshen things up. And I'll do a bit of a spoiler, but that's why I've chose um, Louis Thompson to replace Sermon on Tuesday. Is it that then, Joe? Is it, is it a bit of fatigue in some of the players? Uh, the concentration's going maybe in periods of the game that are causing these mistakes? Of course, our system requires a lot of you know players to be on the ball and... It's constantly at their feet, to having to make decisions all the time. Is it? Is that a reason for why it's happening, or is there never reasons for you? Um, well, I think if if you look back at the season, I think in terms of playing out from the back, I think we've only actually conceded two goals from it all season, and they've happened in the last like what three or four games. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily put, I wouldn't say single that out for a reason. Um, what I think, if you just look at, I think one thing that maybe. And I mentioned it last week. Maybe just just slightly lacking his communication, and I think with 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 that and experience, really, because I know it's it's an intangible. It's it's something you can't just buy, but it's it, it's something that's quite valuable. And actually, having a, def- I think in defence, it's probably more important than in any other positions on the pitch. But you need to build a relationship with the people that are alongside you and in front of you. And I think, you know, you, you look at like someone like Liverpool, they're chopping and changing their defence all the time and, and they've been suffering because of it. But if as soon as they get a solid partnership going, I'm sure they'll be, you know, they'll be OK. And I think with us, it's just um, a matter of one communication. 
um, and and just you know have, having that that relationship with each other. You know, Harry Darling, he's, he's never played in League One before. He's played what, 11, 12 games. Warren Ahura, first senior season. Um, Fisher, you know, first senior season. Uh, Sorinola, first senior season. And Laird, first, you know, senior season, played about 15 games. Um, so I think it's just, it's going to happen. I think it's it's natural that it's going to happen. You know, at the end of the day as well, these are, it's it's just one of them things. And I think, as Ross said, I'd be more concerned if if we were being carved open. I'd be more concerned if Accrington were, you know, wave after wave of attack. They were, you know, piling boxes, balls into the box. We were on the edge. Uh, we were holding on for dear life. It, it wasn't that at all. It was two completely unprovoked errors. And I think, as Ross said, it, it's not, not that it's a good thing, but it's perhaps an easier thing to sort than if there were actual flaws and real gaping holes which I, on, on recent evidence I don't think there quite is Yeah I was listening to the um, sit down with Stugler podcast the other day and there is, I was, they had um, Sam Swanton on the podcast who of course was a previous uh, employee of the club and he's a Wigan fan um, has been and works at the club now I think um, and yeah, he was speaking about how vocal Harry Dyer was on the pitch, which obviously we can't really hear from I follow too much because we have the bloody commentary permanently on now. Unless oh, you have that, I'll just mute your TV. Um, but yeah, and that, that was nice to hear. And obviously, Darling, as, as you said, Jerry, is very new to the defence and very new to League One football. But the fact that he's being that central centre back and being that vocal side of him is good because obviously, Louis alongside him isn't too vocal on the pitch. He's very much dressing room leader. And um, honestly, not too sure about Warren myself. Obviously, I haven't really seen him in person yet, so I can't tell too much. So yeah, it's good to it's good to see that there is there is communication there. Maybe it's just not being uh, said the right way, or it's going players are picking up on certain cues. So, so yeah, that's something to work on. Um, his last few games and over the summer for sure. We'll touch on the other Matty in the squad, uh, Matty O'Reilly, who, of course, got the winning goal. Uh, I think, for me, we saw a different side of Matty O'Reilly on a Saturday. Of course, he played in his advanced role alongside uh, Scotty Fraser. Um, but I saw him go into a lot more ground duels than I typically would uh, in a game. Of course, we spoke about in previous episodes how he hadn't really got into that side of the game uh, when he first joined. Um, but you know, the 10 ground duels for him against Aquaturn um, on Saturday... Um, only won the four, but for me, it was the intent. And I felt that he, you know, he's very, very cool attack as well. You know, the, uh, the three shots, two on target, of course, one of them being the goal. I felt like he earned his winning goal yesterday, which, well, the whole team did, but I think he especially really worked for it. And um, it's nice to see that, he, whilst he is this really good technical player, Ross, uh, he's also willing to fight for his three points and, of course, the winning goal, which he gets all applauded for. Well, he's definitely. Um, also, he's. It's quite a hard finish as well. It's, it, I, I'd be uh, impressed if Will Gregory Cameron Jerome was doing it, but for our centre mid to be doing it, it's quite impressive, I felt. <laughs> but yeah, um, I did see the uh, a few few memes of Robin Van Persie from the World Cup uh, image. That made me laugh. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a quality finish and you just have to applaud it, really. Yeah, I saw Joe, you did your own old tweet to Matt Roy, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he interacted with it. Yeah, yeah. I, he, he just, he, I, I think he just, he said in his interview, he just kind of threw his head at it and just hoped for the best. And then if you actually watch the video of him celebrating, I don't even think he sees it go in. He just sees Harry Darling land on top of him. 
Um, but I, like I said, you know, the, I think the fact you've got the two people sitting in uh, McEachran and Sermon, it means that Fraser and O'Reilly have the license to get on the end of these balls. And Fraser was very unlucky to have, um, it was a fantastic save from the keeper with um, one of his shots. And I think Fraser, he just went, not under the radar again, but I just thought he had a fantastic game as well. And he set up five of our 16 shots, which just kind of shows you that, you know, he was, con- we were constantly um, a threat. And I think Fraser as well, he, he just does both sides of the game so well, but really good to see that Matty's, um, I think Matty's just been consistent, but I think sometimes with Matty, because he, like you say, he is such a creative player. Sometimes things might not come off in a game, but it's really good to see that, you know, he is, getting on the end of things and he's he's creating as well. So yeah, really great to have those two behind Cami. You can't really ask for much better in the league, I don't think. Yeah, and it's um obviously Russ at the start of the season wanted a team that wasn't reliant on, you know, the one player. And, you know, these days with Scott Fraser's not having a like a wild day where he's created everything, it's probably a good thing. It just shows the quality in the squad and where we can be next season if we continue on this path and uh, yeah very very happy uh, in general I thought it was a brilliant team performance on the whole um, and long may it continue on to set on to uh, Tuesday night and beyond basically um, and Tuesday night is where we turn our focus now um, Plymouth Argyle at home and we'll preview that for, that for you uh, shortly This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100 Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. So after a, we'll get back to winning ways against Accrington, um, we turn our focus to the final uh, home game out of three and uh, Plymouth Argawa coming to Stadium MK. Uh, of course, a team that uh, gave us, well, a pretty humbling defeat at their place, so we're looking to return the favour uh, ours. So just in general, uh, league form on Plymouth. Uh, they're currently 16th on the table with uh, 45 points. They've got the 12 wins, uh, 9 draws and 14 losses. Uh, scored the 45 in the season and conceded uh, a fairly high 56. Um, if you break that down into just away league form, uh, it's not pretty viewing. Uh, 21st on goal difference. Um, just a 14 points picked up away from home this season for Blake Plymouth. Uh, the three wins, uh, five draws, and I believe it's nine losses. Uh, scored 17 and conceded 29. And a pretty damning stat on that is only Swindon have done worse away this season than Plymouth in terms of points. And I believe um, it's ASD Wimbledon and um, Bristol Rovers that joined them on that stat as well. Uh, recent form, it's not even looking, it's looking even worse for Plymouth. Uh, they're currently 23rd in the form table in the last eight games. So they beat Plymouth and Lincoln. Those are the two wins. They drew to Rochdale, uh, but five losses in that spell. Uh, to Ipswich, Wigan, uh, Doncaster, Northampton and Peterborough. And only Rochdale picked up less points over that time span. Uh, the previous meeting, of course, you mentioned the 1-0 defeat at Home Park. Um, Plymouth one of the better teams we played this year, I thought, in terms of their game plan. Um, you know, they've got some quality players that we, we always refer to on the podcast in terms of ones we like. And um, yeah, good game plan, shut us down well. Uh, the pressing was really good and they took the chances when they got them. Um, and yeah, they set up pretty similar to how they set up against us earlier in the season. Uh, they've utilised the 3-5-2 formation uh, 32 times 
in the league. Uh, that's resulted in 12 wins, eight draws, and the 12 losses. And um, they like to tap down the wings, as we know. Uh, of course, they've got Connor Grant and they've had various uh, players on the right-hand side who love to get inside uh, the Don's wing, well, the Don's wing backs in the first game. Uh, like to get crossing. And of course, with a player like Jepcott in the middle, who's on fire at the moment, he's been putting away for him. So, uh, Ross, you know, we usually go to you for our key players to watch out for this one. So, uh, who's some key players you got down to watch out for on Tuesday night? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to touch upon Luke Jeffcott. Um, you say he's actually on fire. He's quite the opposite uh, currently. Um, obviously, he's got 16 goals in 31 games. 26 of those he started. But he's had a dry spell recently and he, he hasn't scored a goal in nine games. And I feel like that just sums up Plymouth's form also. Um, maybe he's just not getting um, the service. I don't know, but um, I feel Plymouth are exactly like us. They're a side in transition. Um, they play the same style, and in my opinion, and I'll say that again, in my opinion, they uh, play football the right way. And I feel there'll be a completely different outfit come next season, and they'll be a lot higher up in the table for sure. Yeah, a side that very much like us like to cement their style into their football. Actually, I didn't know about Jepcott's dry spell, but of course, that just shows how good he is. So, has scored nine games, so he's got 16 goals. Like, exactly. that's, that's that's incredible. And he's only 21 um, as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's one of those classic ones, isn't it? Where if, is it just a one season thing? Is it more than that? I'm sure a championship team will gamble on him in the summer and uh, we'll see whether that's the case. Uh, but yeah, really good player, regardless of whether he's uh, a dry spell or not. Um, Joe, I know you're well, I'm a big fan of Kamara. You're a big fan of uh, Connor Grant in this Plymouth team. Um, but what are your thoughts heading into Tuesday night uh, with Plymouth travelling to AMK? Yeah, you've, you've mentioned um, about Connor Grant, who I, I believe is, you know, he, he's that creative hub and he's almost, you know, he, he's a guy who's not afraid to put balls in the box. He averages nearly two key passes a game, um, nine assists in 28 starts. So, you know, that's a a pretty good record, probably uh, right up in the charts for, for League One, let alone Plymouth. Um, one little thing I've just noticed as well, which is quite interesting, is that other than Luke Jeffcott on 16 goals, Plymouth's uh, next top goal scorer is Joe Edwards, who um, he, he plays mainly right wing back for them. And then their third top goal scorer is uh, Connor Grant on three goals, who's a left wing back. So really... Plymouth haven't really had much help from, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jeff hasn't had much help from around the pitch in terms of, um, in terms of goals going in. And I think that that's quite, you know, the goals are quite spread out throughout the team. And, um, but they have got Niall Ennis, who I've noticed has, has come in and uh, he, he's got a, a couple for them. Um, but one thing that I, I remember from the game at home park was there's the sort of team that they get, they just get shots off. I thought they took a lot of shots, but they were in pretty poor areas and um, yeah I, th I think that it's going to be an interesting game for sure because they 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 did really well on us and I think back then they kept Fraser quiet and I think you know three months three four months ago whenever it was if you did keep Fraser quiet you yeah you pretty much had the advantage then um, but now like you say there's much more to our game and I think you know you keep Fraser quiet well then you've got Laird then you've got you know, in this form, so you've got Sorinola on the other side, and then you've also got Matt O'Reilly through the middles. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as man Mark Fraser, and um, you'll keep us quiet now. So I'd like to think that we're going to have a bit more of a go at it this time, um, because I think, along with 
the crew game at that point that that and Plymouth were the two games where I thought yeah we're we're, we're not quite at it today um but so yeah, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting game. And uh, I remember last time we played them, they were in a, a run of absolutely awful form. So uh, let's hope it's not their second time. You know, the second time of the season they're going to uh, kickstart their uh, a, a nice unbeaten run uh, by beating us. Yeah, of course they had fans that game, so didn't they? I think it's like two thousand uh, pilgrim fans in the stands, and uh, yeah, they got to see a win, which I'm sure was nice for them. Um, whilst they were in, I think it was like was it like tier two or tier one restrictions at the time. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, they were in pretty poor form then. They're in pretty poor form now, and I'm sure their fans and their players have a bit of confidence coming to Stadium K, knowing that they shut us down pretty well the last time we played them. But as we saw from Saturday, um, it's a completely different team. Uh, you know. Accrington did a job on us last time and we did a job on them this time. So hopefully the same again. So uh, into our predictors title 11s, gents. Uh, Ross, I'll kick off with yourself. Um, what lineup are you looking to start um, against Plymouth on Tuesday night? The same par, one position, and I've took Sermon out. Um, obviously, so personally, I, I feel like he, he's struggling a bit recently and maybe, maybe having a game off uh, will do him the world of good. And... Uh, I've been screaming for it recently, but I just want to see Louis Thompson back in the lineup. I've, I know all of all three of us um, enjoy watching him when he is on the pitch and he he's up to scratch. And um, yeah, I've, I feel like bringing him in on uh, Tuesday would be a perfect opportunity for him. Yeah, I I was struggling with this. I didn't know whether to, as you were saying with you, Ross, you know, bringing in Louis or to keep Sermon in. I've gone with the same 11 that started on Saturday. Um, of course, that's a bit risky. Obviously, we're playing a lot of football and players will need a rest at some point. Of course, McEachern came off early, uh, as did some of the players. I just feel that Russ, whenever there's been a pretty good performance, he's stuck with the same team. And I feel it'd be very harsh to drop anyone from that team on Saturday. Sermon may be the only player, as you mentioned, Ross, that could be dropped, but I feel he has a he likes Sermon a lot. And I feel... Whilst, yes, he's he's very volatile in terms of what happens when he's not quite making the right pass or he's part of a mistake. Um, in general, he has been decent. And I feel, whilst he's not, now he's not in the pivot role, um, we're seeing a better side out of him that I feel Russ will go with him again. Of course, I'd love to see Louis, um, but maybe it's a bit too soon for him. And maybe maybe Burton is the game where we come, he comes in and uh, takes the role of Ivan McEachern or Sermon. Uh, Joe, what's your start eleven looking like for Tuesday night? Yeah, I've gone for Fisher and Goal, O'Hora, Darling, Dean Lewington, so exactly the same. I've gone for Ethan Laird and Matty Sorinola. Again, you know, you know, as you said, I don't think you can change it at all. Um, I'm, I've stuck with the box midfield as well. Um, I've gone for Louis Thompson and Josh McEachran there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was maybe Sermon and Louis Thompson or, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if even McEachran or Sermon were rested. I think with Sermon, it's maybe just just a rest rather than drop because, yes, he you know there was a well I think one of them was maybe perhaps Sermon's fault but again it was unlucky, um, but in possession he does control it he does move it forward he does do a lot of good things, um, but yes yeah, as you mentioned maybe maybe it's just a game too far, um, O'Reilly and Scott Fraser and I've put Cameron Jerome down because I believe Cammy didn't start on Tuesday I can't remember. Um, off the top of my head, um, but I think that I think Jerome, it, you know, it, when a striker's got a taste for it, I, I think it's very harsh to drop him. Um, 
I know uh, Carl Robinson did that uh, in the 14-15 season with Fabian Grigg. But I, I do think with Jerome, how he played, I, I just think unless he's, you know, unless he's right in the red zone and needs rest, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't not start him. So I've gone for Jerome up top. So only change for me is Thompson coming in for one of McEachran or Sermon. Yeah, I'd love to see Thompson start. And as Ross said, we all, we all love it. Louis T on this podcast. Uh, oh, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, he is really good. He's, he, I think on his day, he's one of the best players in this squad easily. Definitely, definitely top three. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe it's a game too soon. Maybe I'm just overthinking things. Uh, we'll soon see uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, and Jerome, I think he came off early for a reason. Um, but hey, Bress has changed it up on us for different reasons before. So I'm sure he'll surprise us once again. Um, so round off our score predictions, gents. Uh, how do you see, uh, from a score perspective, uh, Tuesday night going? I'll kick off a mine first. Um, I've gone 2 0 Dons. Plu uh, haven't really been seeing a lot of goals in their games um, recently. And I'll be, whilst I'd love to see it, I'll be surprised if we create as many chances as we did against Accrington. Um, yeah, Plymouth aren't a bad side at all, as we spoke about previously. But I think we'll create enough to get a convincing victory here. Against say, you know, as Ross mentioned, a goal shy Plymouth who were on a pretty bad spell of form. So yeah, I think two 0 is a it's a fair result and we can kick on again and uh hopefully get a run of wins together. Uh Joe, what's your score prediction looking like? Any similar to mine? Well, I've I've, I've changed it. I keep changing it. I've I had three two and then I had two one and then I had two all and I've gone for two nil now. I just think <laughs> <laughs> I just think that oh I'm, I I think that in the past few games, yes, we have conceded a few goals, but in terms of, especially the last two games, we haven't actually conceded that many chances. And I just feel just just cut out the mistakes, and we should, and we should create enough to win, not comfortably, but we should have enough to win. Um, so I've gone, I've gone two 0 as well. I think, yeah, I, I think that you know, even when Plymouth were massively on top against us in that game at home park. It still only finished one nil, and they did miss a lot, a lot of like half chances, I'd say. And so I think that if we get that first goal, and if they're going to be then coming out, I think that with with how Plymouth play, there will be space in behind. And I think as well, you know, with some of their players, they are they do have a lot of attack minded players. So if we're at the races, I see no reason why we should win this game. Yeah, yeah, we should we should really win. It's a goal shy team; they're out of form. We're we're playing well on on most parts, so yeah, it's, it's a complete contrast. So, Ross, I'm sure you've uh, got us to get a hat trick of wins. Uh, your score prediction? Yeah, the full house. Um, I feel we're only going to get better in this box midfield. I, I do feel um, obviously Plymouth struggling with a bit of form, but I I, I do feel like we're going to concede. I don't know why. It's when one one team get one shot, it just just seems to be going in at the moment. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, I've gone with a 2-1 Don's victory. Like it. Said Full House. Uh, yeah, listen, it's not exactly a surprise to say it's Don's team's going to see at the moment. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely there's a goal there at the moment. But hopefully uh, there won't be. And hopefully it's not as comfortable and we're not sweating when it comes to the 90th minute. And they've got Luke, Jeff Cotton, and whoever knows else up front trying to put goals past Fisher. Okay, that's it. End of episode 40. Uh, thank you, Rich, listening as always. Um, if you could rate, review and subscribe, uh, that would be excellent. And come on, you dons.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.